when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulana. In a world where all bread is one piece. In a world where the struggle to separate bread into segments. How do we slice this bread? This is the Not Historians Podcast, and we're here to talk to you about the greatest thing ever, apparently, or at least Since the greatest thing until whatever the next great thing is, that's right. sliced bread. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sliced bread has been uh, around forever because people have had knives. You are correct. We are not talking about the history of bread being sliced. We're talking about the history of sliced bread. Right. That's a pre-packaged, pre-sliced, mass-produced bread. You know, sandwich bread. Wonder bread. 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 How many times are you going to say bread in one episode? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, it, this is a show that I've wanted to do since the very beginning. In fact, That's true. When I, when I looked at the notes for this just now, it actually says the Not a Historian podcast because... It was back before we were a functioning team. That's true. This was actually the second episode ever written as an episode. The first one is the sneak peek, which doesn't exist anymore yeah, we'll to the masses. <laughs> so we, we were wondering, people say this phrase, greatest thing since sliced bread. Right. Original question was just, when the hell did sliced bread come around? Because <laughs> we, we don't know uh, about it. And then I found that it's like really boring, like 1920s. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> that, that, that's, not, that's not good enough. <laughs> So we had to find out where did it come from, the who, the what, the when, the where, the why. Right. Also, our notes have a little bit of a different format because, again, this was a different time when we were experimenting with formats of shows. Mm-hmm. So if we're a little bit off our game or a little bit better, let us know. Either way, this is just what we do. Um, no, I think all of us in the Western world, at least, if oh. not the entire planet. Okay. Well, I don't, I mean, like, I'm going to go with, like, parts of Africa and parts of Asia probably aren't super familiar with the idea of sliced bread. It's just not either part of their diet or not something that they buy at the local market. So All right. That's okay. it. That's it. Nothing. Nothing. It's just, you know, they have rice and stuff. They don't need, they don't need just sliced bread. Yeah. So, first world problems. Yeah. Right. Where did sliced bread? This is the most first world episode ever, right? right. No. No, no. So... You know, you could probably do a whole season just on bread alone and the impact it's had on society. I feel like we should never do that. We should never do that. But we should just have this one episode about sliced bread. Yeah. Because, pardon me for saying so, it's interesting. 
I mean, you know, it is. When I what I initially thought was, why in the world are we having a conversation about sliced bread? I mean, it seems it seems kind of trivial. But you know, one thing to to take into consideration, or that I had to take into consideration, was at this point in time, you were taking bread and it was being sliced by hand by mom in the kitchen or whatnot. Same same way it had been since bread began. Right, but here's my the caveat, or here's the next piece to that: the the slices weren't even. Oh yes, yeah, it's a very horrible I mean, world we live in of uneven bread slices. Hey man, now you're the one uneven who thicknesses. You're the one who picked this first world problems episode. Hey, I didn't you know what? Bread <laughs> has been around for us. It brought us farming. Bread brought us farming. Yeah, because the need for grains to make oh, the bread. Right. So beer. All right. There's a reason. I don't drink beer. Right, but brewing that was the first alcoholic drinks would come from with you know like. Some of the grain would fall on the wayside, get mixed with some water, wild yeast would fly into it, and somebody would drink it and be like, oh, it's horrible. It's so good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a reason why they would say bread and circuses. You know, that's what the people wanted. Bread and circuses? Yeah. Wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I love those kind of circuses. Never mind. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. And even, even, and Bailey. even Ergot, you know, the, the it develops on there, gives us the idea of werewolf properly. Yeah. And it brings mass hysteria. So... Literally, bread is interesting to me. I'm okay. sorry. No, that's cool. But the most interesting kind of bread probably is sliced bread. Let's be real. Okay. Mass market is sliced bread. It's kind of a big deal. It's such a big deal that it's the big deal we use to describe other big deal. That's true. So it's the greatest <laughs> thing since sliced bread. Uh, the craziest thing about that is it's not even 100 years old. No? Uh, how old is it? Well... We'll, we'll we'll get to that because the exact date may not be. I mean, we're talking within years, but hmm. safe to say, you know, we're looking at about ninety ish now. I think oh, I don't wow. know, maybe eighty ish. I can't remember the number. I wish you hadn't asked me that question before I got there. That's but <laughs> the story, you know, we talked about um, Mary Pilon, yeah, Mary Pilon, in the um, in the episode on Monopoly. Mm-hmm. We'll mispronounce her name. Very first correction. Very first show. And she went through the efforts of collecting the story of Monopoly and finding out the history of it all the way back to the Landlord's Game. Right. This story has a very similar character. Okay. Her name is Catherine Dortz Ripley. Okay. She's the editor of the Chillicothe Constitution Tribune. And she scoured the archives and swarmed through, like, microfish, Hmm. I guess, to uncover the story of the history of the claim of... Sliced bread. The first sliced bread comes from Chillicothe, supposedly. Now, there's other places that will... Battle Creek will claim. So, they try to find out where. And seriously, uh, this is more important than you think in the sense of the history of sliced bread. Because shouldn't people know when they went to the store and go, Wow, this bread's already sliced. This is going to save me hours. And went home. Sandwiches were popular. Uh, It wasn't even until 2001 that we knew for certain when sliced bread came about and where. Hmm. So that's kind of an interesting long piece of history we had. That is. Uh, now, I think this is, falls very squarely into our show because it's missing history. It's vanishing history. Yeah. It's pop history. It is pop history. Yeah. And it, it's history. I mean, that's just it. Now, is it Chillicothe or is it Chillicothe? Because I know that we have Chillicothe here in Texas. And this is um, this is somewhere else. like in. I'm going to pronounce it as Chillicothe because yeah. that's, that's, that's how we pronounce it. Because, I mean, as you said, that's why I was so confident in my pronunciation. No, it works. Because, I mean, Chillicothe might be it because it hasn't. It, we say Chillicothe E. It's it's the the duh problem with yes. the E. 
I don't know how they say it. I didn't oh, yeah. watch any film on this, so it's Chillicothe for me. If you want to say Chillicothe, you can. I don't know how they say it where you're from. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm being honest. I don't know. How. Same place. Look, I mean, I don't know. I don't. You learned to speak in Georgia. I learned to speak in Montana. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I learned the word Chillicothe here. Gotcha. Chillicothe was learned. And we see, like, chili coffee. Chili coffee. Like, there's no chili coffee. I want some coffee. Yeah. Right? So, uh, the first question I think anyone would ask themselves when looking at an invention, because that's what we're going to be looking at is the machine and the man that makes is why? Why slice bread? Yeah, so, from my research, I kind of watched this um, documentary, and Otto uh, Rotbinder, Mm -hmm. or Rotbinder, he, he actually is an inventor who had the idea of... He was a jeweler. Yeah, he was a jeweler first, and he had had the idea about sliced bread for you know quite some time. And then he jumped off and decided to leave jewelry and then make this invention. But, but why sliced bread? I, I think it was more or less because he was he saw a problem that needed a solution. I mean, that's what inventors do. They see a, a right. problem. Right. I, I, I agree. I think, yeah. in my mind, the reason... Because it's not really well known why he... Yeah. Is because... It is something that we all interact with. It's an everyday thing that could have been simpler. Yeah. And that's, like you said, where inventors go. But this is a practical one. This is not the Snuggie. Teach yeah. me how to Snuggie. Yeah. Right? So, it comes about. Slice, who sliced the first piece of bread? We don't know. Caveman. Yeah. I'm going to say. Uh, for a machine that did it simple, you know, put it on supermarket shelves, have mm-hmm. it out there. You're right. It was a jeweler by the name of Otto uh, Rowetter. Wetter? Uh, Vetter. Uh, Vetter? I think it's Vetter. Like, real Vetter. Because yeah, German last name? Right? I know, but he's in, he's American. I don't know how oh. he would have pronounced it. That's what, So, no, again, no. real Vetter or real Vetter. Right, either word. way. Because it's not just a straight V if you do that. It's true. It's like father. father. So, yeah, it may be. It took a decade for him, right? To get his machine figured out and how to get the bread not only sliced, but wrapped. Right. Because yeah. the machine did it all. It was like, you throw it in there, slice it up, Boom. Done. It was the holy grail of bread machines, okay? Yeah. Like, that's what you want. You want a nice package to present to people. You want to be able to sell this in shelves. You want to be able to get this to people. You want to make money. Right. So the wrap slice loaf, pre-sliced loaf. Holy grail. What age to be alive, right? You're going to have this. You're going to be able to just go to the store, Buy bread that you can literally open, pull out, and slap some Miracle Whip on and just go to town. That's pretty, uh, and just go to town. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, I mean, it, the man spent a decade of his life on this look. I mean, true. Yeah, true story. Otto worked through a shop fire that burned down not just the prototype, uh-huh. but the blueprints to it, too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not something that he was just like, well, this is a problem. Obviously, we need to make a bread machine, a slicing machine, and a packaging machine. Didn't work. Couldn't work like that. Yeah. Don't know why, because I'm not smart enough to even come up with the idea of prepackaged, pre-sliced, mass-produced bread. I mean, I I guess. (sighs) So, then there's a manufacturer, bakery thing, right? Yeah. Frank Bitch. He was almost bankrupt at the time. He's local. Mm Mm-hmm. And he agreed to try the machine. Now, was he friends with uh, Rottweiler? I think so, but I'm not positive as to like how much of a business partnership they actually had. I mean, gotcha. So, it, this, the machine was a last. I know this. It was a last ditch effort for his company. They were going under, so he buys this machine from Rottweiler. Okay. Two hundred percent 
in two weeks. His increase. Man. So he doubles his business in two weeks. So that, that's pretty crazy. That shows you why this is all important. Yeah. So the first commercial machine to do all this, uh, which is, I think, correctly described as commercially packaged pre-sliced bread. No matter what I keep calling it, that's it's one of the biggest convenience inventions we have. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, it literally exists as a convenience because it doesn't make bread. Bread or exist. It doesn't package bread. Package bread or exist. It brings... The slicing and having it all together. So did they add the packaging event? So just a question, kind of as we're going through it, was <clears throat> was the packaging of the bread the advent at the same time at the no 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 the, okay. that's what I'm saying. Packaging already existed. Prepackaged bread, you go buy a loaf is wrapped. So let me let me rephrase. This is a new process where they're slicing the bread. Was the sliced bread, and I know that there was... Oh, yes, they package it. The machine you literally like load the loaves. So this happened from jump when they and when it they slices invented. it. Uh-huh. And packages it. That so, was what. So this was the process ahead of time. Is when they sliced it, it was they already packaged all the bread as it was sliced. Like after being sliced, it was packaged, and that's how, and then no, that's what he did. Gotcha. They didn't slice. If you wanted pre-sliced bread before, it was not done industrially. It was done by hand at the baker's. Okay, all right. And it, you know that that or you did it in the kitchen, like you're saying, Mama's in the kitchen, yeah, slicing bread to make sandwiches. Not not necessarily. Time-consuming, strenuous work that we're right. saving here. It's not the cotton gin. But in a lot of ways, it impacted more people because every household was making sandwiches. Right. Everyone has bread. So this product had a mass market, mm-hmm. and it was also functional. And it was a convenience thing. I mean, it's the same reason we have microwaves. Yeah. So it's it. Um, it. It's pretty amazing to think about. I mean, you just... Uh, the great minds, like Ben Frank or anyone post or I would, I would say post electric, even pre car mm-hmm. computers, iPhones, take anyone from the past, a great mind. Okay, they bring them here, and they're going to be wowed by TV screens. And they're going to be wowed okay. by those things. I think are going to amaze them. But they're all progressions of things that we have, right? Like, yeah. they, they would probably understand why. But I think what would really blow their mind is literally sliced bread. Okay. Being able to go to the store and buy food. It's like, wait a minute. This, I, no baking, no wrapping, no... Right. Just ready to go. Ready to also, go. clean water would probably blow some of their mind. Yeah. Mass-produced beer. I mean, I think that the thing would be that, like, they could see the progression of a market. I don't think that they could comprehend the idea that a market a horseless carriage is one thing it's a i mean i could tell ben franklin you know it's a carriage powered by electricity but i was right about electricity right he can understand music and stuff because he made like you know the the whatever that harpsichord thing yeah he's got all that but then it's taken be like look all this food is stored in this one store it's refrigerated some of it's heated some of it's bay it's like that would be mind-blowing and then you have like sliced bread it's like Sliced bread and pop tarts just blow people's minds after like <laughs> yeah. hot pockets too. How is it so cold in the middle? It's so hot on the outside, like the <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it it really was. I mean, I think that's pictured by the point that when sliced bread happens, it takes America by storm. Right. I mean, think about this. There are empires, literal empires, right now, business empires that were built on selling sliced bread. <laughs> It it revolutionized not only it revolutionized how people use their time right. It took a simple solution to something that was millennia old. Yeah, 
And it basically has remained unchanged for 90 years. I mean, nothing aside from maybe automobiles has the same kind of pedigree. But here's the thing. Automobiles improve. Yeah. Sliced bread doesn't really improve. I mean, we have Texas toast. That's a big improvement. Right, that's a big but improvement. it's not as crazy. So, I mean, I don't know if I, if I agree with you when, you when you say it doesn't improve. Um, I think that the advent from this would spawn other... You know, other technological advances. No, no, what I'm saying is it the technology, what happens here to bread, to the sliced loaf, yeah, is basically the same almost 90 years later. Oh, yeah, what, okay. what auto invented is basically what we have now machines of improvement, but the product, what it produces itself, it's the same. Hmm. Boom, gotcha. So, all this out there, when did it happen? 1928. That's that's what you came to the show for, right? Yeah. I told you 90 years ago, at the beginning, that's it. And it was marketed as the greatest step forward in the baking industry since bread was wrapped. So before we said the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. We used to say the greatest thing since bread, wrapped bread. bread. Since wrapped bread, yeah. And it was probably 100% marketed um, by the Chillicothe Baking Company. And was advertised uh, as their clean-made sliced bread. And clean was spelled with a K and two E's. And made was spelled like the one that Shalom had when he was a child. (laughs) Did you make your your made sliced bread still? Wow, really? I just imagine you did. You you guys went and bought loaf bread anyway. You're like, it's better. Oh, man. It was better because we could we could taste her tears in the bread <laughs> as she's slicing it. Is that what you're trying to get me to no, say? No, I'm um, saying like you're just like it's better. It's better than Wonder Bread. Oh man, you plebs with your oh. with your Mrs. Bears. Oh man, people are gonna hear this and be like, oh man, oh I'm really glad that I, just, I hope it's, it comes across that I'm not serious about that. What we did not have my maid. Uh, oh man, we did Sli- not have a maid in the house slicing bread while crying. No, of course not. I hope not. You would, that would be a monstrous thing. I'm just saying. Did did she slice the bread? Did she make the sandwiches in your house? We made sandwiches in the house. Yes, but who whose hands uh, doth toucheth the sliced bread? Well, mine after I'm eating it. So the maid made it. All right. Uh, <laughs> so. The Chillicothe, this company is the first one to use it commercially. Yeah. And uh, from what I could tell, like I mentioned, they were pretty much done business-wise when the owner, who's framed from earlier, yeah. sinks the last dime they have into it on this newfangled uh, bread slicing machine. And, well, and I guess, even though we said we would never say this on the show, the rest is history, right? Like, oh. he buys He buys the machine. And we all know, we all know what happened. You can go find it uh, in your local store. Literally almost every store has bread in it. That was so cliche. Yeah, it was. That's why we uh, said we'd never say it. But we're going to say a lot of things. <laughs> so, uh, now, you may hear a story that Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh-huh. Michigan? Michigan. Battle Creek, Michigan is big on uh, being the birthplace of sliced bread. Yeah, okay. They lie. <laughs> Um, they really, really, really want to be the bread mecca. Yeah. Especially sliced bread. But here's the problem. They don't have any real proof. It's kind of 
unsubstantiated that um, they were the first. In fact, there's a scrapbook that um, Otto's son, Raul Larson, brought to Slice Bread uh, History Champ, Miss Ripley, at the Constitution Tribune in 2003. Yeah. And it included orders. He had had some order forms in there. And do you know Mm. where number one was? Nowhere. Chillicote. Oh, well, okay. And Chili Coffee got it in July 1st, 1928. So that's about the closest we can come to the actual day that yeah. sliced bread happened on a commercial scale. So what that's the day they ordered it, it got installed. I can't tell you how long it took. I don't know, but there's your answer. That's good to know. Uh, now, I, I while researching it, I was really, really surprised at the amount of uh, vitriol, let's say. In this little war that's going on. Because Michigan, Battle Creek. I don't want to put all Michiganians in the... Is hell bent on being the home of sliced bread. So how is it even going to be possible when they didn't come up with sliced bread? Alright, but here's the thing. It's kind of the story Hmm. of Monopoly. Okay, fair point. The story kind of parallels that one nicely in the fact that... There wasn't an adventure that's unknown. It was the birthplace. Right. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where we would have lost the history if there hadn't been a lawsuit and Mary hadn't done the research and brought it to people and wrote the books, The Monopolist and stuff. Very much if um, Catherine hadn't done the stories and brought it out, we wouldn't know. And Michigan had campaigned so hard that, uh, was it Charles Darrow? Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Charles Darrow. <laughs> Monopoly. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is, it, you know how he was like, no, I've been in Monopoly all by myself. The rest of you have a bunch of penises. Right. Right. Okay. Battle Creek, Michigan is this story's child. That's sad. They, they're they like, we did it. We did it first. And yeah. we've been telling that story for years. No one's going to believe you. And then they found all this stuff. Yeah. Well, they, but yeah, remember, this 2001, we're making the claim, 2000. Three were providing evidence. So, they, they hmm. you know, 80 years yeah. they've been going at it. They're pretty safe on this. Um, So, I don't get the point of it, but that's kind of the interest, right? It's like, right. why the hell does it matter? It doesn't. Tourists, maybe? Right, but maybe, that, that that's it. I mean, and how many... I wonder how many people are going on to... Well, probably the same people no. listen to our show. No. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's the same type of people that are, like, interested in the history of sliced bread listening to the show are the same people that are out... Going to a sliced bread museum or something, That's which exists. Now, the machine itself, um, the one of the earliest, uh, you would think would end up sitting in the American History Museum or the Smithsonian, or at least at Wonder Bread headquarters or somewhere, right? Yeah. And if nothing else, I would expect that Chillicothe would have it in their Chamber of Commerce and be like... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was already uh, thrown out. Oh. And in 1960... Long forgotten, mm. rusting away in the Chillicothe Bacon Company. Damn. It just, that's it. Uh, mm. The Smithsonian does actually have an original 1928 Rowetter uh-huh. uh, in its collection, but it's the second. Ah. So that that's it. You go there, and that's the closest you're going to get to the first sliced bread machine because it don't exist no more. It exists, yeah. Yep. Um, now that that machine, interestingly enough, I I don't know. This is just a fascinating little tidbit. Okay. 
was used in his hometown Corn's Bakery. That's odd. Yep. That was where that the second one he sold was to his hometown. And uh, sitting yeah. there. So, the item isn't on display itself. No. Uh, you can't go in and look at it. However, it is one of the artifacts they have online with photos. So you can go take a look at how creepy mechanically it works. That's weird. Uh, now, why do all of this? Why does any of this matter? Right? Like, apparently, there's cities finding cities over this. Rowetter spent a decade of his life in it. it. It revolutionized America in a way I can't think of anything but the iPhone doing in our lifetime. I mean, computers, maybe, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, no, what I'm saying is, you shook your head at that, and I just want the listeners to know. But here's why: <laughs> it's a convenience. Because it wasn't, it's not like it did something. So, like, we had bread before. It wasn't like people were dying for lack of sliced bread. Uh, yeah, I get that. But all of a sudden, with the iPhone, you had access to all of that stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's the same kind of convenience thing to me. That's what I'm trying to parallel. We've had other inventions, but this is the only thing I can think of that's a super convenience. Things we get are like the ShamWow and OxyClean. <laughs> ShamWow and OxyClean, really? That's what we get. I oh, mean, like, man. so the iPhone wins. Yeah. No one's coming around inventing new cars. Yeah, I get you. Space travel was already there. I mean, what, Tesla? Tesla is not a convenience thing. It's a oh. technological thing. So I'm trying to think of something that's convenience. iPhone's it for me. So that's where I put it. I get it. Um, so I think that Paul Winsky of the Kansas City Star put it best. He said, sliced bread saved homemakers hours of drudgery. It yeah. put toasters in every home. And it resulted in millions of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think that's interesting, too. That's the impact. Because, again, it's a convenience thing. But the thing is, what would you rather be doing than slicing bread? Probably anything anything. else. (laughs) Anything, yeah. yeah. Right? Or eating a sandwich. How about that? And toasters. This You brought up an interesting point. Yeah. So now I will give you credit for it. Because I didn't remember it until I saw the word toaster. I do what I can. Well, toasters used to have, would be more of a cage. Yeah, okay, I've seen that. Okay, yeah, so you would use these. They're common in fireplaces or the old stoves, right? You would uh, you would put them in this cage, and it didn't really matter how thick the bread was. But guess what happens when you have commercially sized slices? So They're uniform. So now you have a uniform size to stick in a toaster slot. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is this is the... Uh, Epitome of toast... No. <laughs> no, this led to uh, the toaster being a thing, right? Well, the toaster existed. This just led to mass-produced uniform. All of a sudden, yeah. every slice of bread that people were trying to buy mm-hmm. was the same size. So there was no more, I have to buy this toaster because I might be burning the bread. Right. My husband likes it big. And, you know, like, the slice thickness no longer mattered to the toaster. Yeah. You could you could get a uniform size and tell your husband that's what they had at the store. And Dude. you know what? He goes, good point. Yeah. Uh, wish they made them thicker. They should make them thicker. And then you know what happened? That guy went and made Texas toast. Right. So that's, but that's, that's it. Also, the peanut butter and jelly. You don't think about that. Like, if you're working and your options are like slicing a bread, slicing everything, and making a sandwich, or just slapping it all together, like pre sliced ham, pre sliced yeah. cheese, pre sliced bread. Don't slap it all together. You just slap it all together. So those things are win out of convenience. Yeah. So it, it does change life in the kitchen. Which at that time, you know, impacted a lot of women because that's how things ran back then. Did you know there was an Octoaster Fest? No. Did you know that? Octoaster Fest. Like, it's a real freaking thing. Is it just lots of... Toaster connoisseurs where people have collected Wait a minute. No, no. It's about toasters, not toasted toast. Right. It's about toasters. Okay. 
Just thought I'd bring it up since we're talking about the advent of toaster. No, I don't know. The Brave Little Toaster is the only toaster I really know. Wow. Wow, you took it there, really? That's wow. that's the only one I know, bro. Oh, wow. I don't even know the name of, like, I'm going to assume Mr. Coffee also makes a toaster and, like, KitchenAid makes a toaster. But uh, I don't I don't really, like, know any good toaster brands to, like, quote off the top of my head, so I have to go with the Brave Little Toaster. All right, that'll work. Um... Now, the owner of the Chili Coffee uh, banking company, whose name really was MF Bench, I'm not, <laughs> not being not being asked, uh, was the who was the first guy that gave it a chance, right? Invested a little, uh, give us a little bit more of a different view, a contemporary business insight, because he said, "There's a time when you ground coffee. Now you buy it ground." Well, this is the same sort of sensible, logical improvement. Right. And I think that's true, right? I mean, like, that's the that's the business side of it. It's like, you can sell this because people, like, it doesn't, you're like, well, no one cares about slicing bread. It's just slicing. Like, right. No one cares about grinding coffee. It's just ground. It's like, wait a minute, but I like ground coffee. I like coffee. ground coffee. Right. Yeah. Now you have a way to market. So it's incredible. I think that. Uh, one of the questions I always ask when we look at inventions, which we haven't really done much here, mm-hmm. but... When we're writing our notes on them, is why did it happen when it when it happened? Why was that time when it did? Um, the baking technology at the time, yeah. I guess, is the question. Most bakeries wouldn't see the point, right? Like, how the hell does this have any time to deal with sliced bread? Uh, because they thought we get stale and crumble, right? Uh, because apparently. People treated their bread loaves like rugby eyeballs. I, I, I don't guess know. So. Um, but that that's it. Uh, now, I did find this is cool. Modern Mechanics from 1928 uh-huh. explains how the machine works. So if you're mechanically inclined, here you go. This is all you need this to know. For you. you can go home and build yourself one after this. Or maybe you're at home, you can go out in the garage and build it. <sighs> Two banks of thin, sharp steel blades are utilized. The cutting edges are all in the same plane and alternating so that one sli- one blade moves up, its immediate neighbor moves downward. As okay. the blades pass through the soft bread, the loaf co- closes immediately behind the blades, keeping the air out. Hmm. These perfect surfaces fit snugly against each other and adhere surprisingly, thus retaining the freshness of the loaf. Wow. So that's it. It has two sets of uh, steel blades. They move like uh, Indiana Jones or Jigsaw Puzzle, or Jigsaw Puzzle from Saw. I mean, yeah. not a Jigsaw Puzzle, obviously. So they move alternating blades. They move up and down, and uh, the bread keeps fresh. Which this was just an interesting fact: the bread in your loaf keeps fresh like a regular loaf because it seals so well okay. after it's cut. Didn't know right. that. I didn't, didn't know, know that, that either. So that's it. Oh, they also used to really worry about that a lot. The, uh-huh. the freshness. I mean, that was literally the argument against it. When people didn't have sliced bread, you buy it. They say, "Well, our, our loaves hold together, so they can't." Well, people are really smart. Um, they they, they pretty so, much took a giant staple, a a U bit pin, yeah, and stuck it in the end of the loaf. So there, it's all oh. together. <laughs> so um, that's pretty awesome. And then you get home, you take the pin out and cut it and put it back together. Your bread doesn't fall apart. Boom. Um. So what 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 was bread before this? What do you think? Um, um like single loaves. Like right, right, loaves. right, right, right. But what was life with working with you know, the 
<laughs> I don't see it being that troubling, but I mean, yeah, right. You know, it. but in my mind, I mean, honestly, comparatively, yeah. If I if I went back to that technology, oh, when, when I would I'm... be like, this is straight bullshit. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Sliced bread is one of the things I don't want people to take away. I'm like, take away your iron. Don't I need warm shower, sliced bread. Yeah, if I'm going to eat. Yeah. Um, if we're in a post-apocalyptic world where there is bread, yeah. it better be fucking sliced. I mean, I feel like it would be zombie bread, but, you know, I'll stay, zombie bread. I'll stay away from that shit. Nope. Not going to touch me. Not going to give me zombie bread. No. Right. But you have to understand, before sliced bread came around, right, bro? Yeah. Every sandwich... From the lowly cheese to the Imperial BLT had to be hand cut. Yeah. And they had to be cut the same way every time I was you end up with more bread or less bread. It'll never taste the same. Do you know how important that is to me? Uh, clearly, because you picked this episode. Right. But no, I, I'm just saying. One of the things, I, I, I dedicate time. I cook a lot. If you follow my Twitter, you follow my mm-hmm. stuff, you, you know that I personally cook a lot. Uh a BLT, making the perfect BLT is something that I... Trying to master or what? Right. I strive for. Hmm. So I try different bacons. I try different tomatoes. I try different lettuces. Yeah. I try different breads. I, I do all of this, right? So I've, I've narrowed it down. I know the right lettuce is butter lettuce. That's the only option. Use butter lettuce, uh, beefsteak tomatoes, but they have to be cut a certain way. Anyway, all of this matters. So the fact is, if I didn't, if I knew that I had to like master cutting loaves, I'm sure I could do it. But having a set thickness when I go to buy that is very important. I know that because when I buy my bacon, it has to be a certain thickness. When I buy my cheese, it has to be a certain thickness or ruins how the taste is. It changes the whole profile. Huh. So my thing being, knowing that, right? Yeah. Imagine if you would never taste two of the same things. We could have more or less bread because somebody's like doesn't have a master hand at bread slice. That would suck. Yeah, you were like, oh, that sandwich you made last night was so great, honey. Can I have another one? She brings it. You're like, what's this yeasty bullshit? I can't get jiggy with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is literally also important to me because it is the apex of a human endeavor of an evolutionary chain of events it from when, when when we were like mm, this grain tastes good when i grind it up in my mouth with my teeth to the point that like somebody was like oh we can store it and put lots of it together to the point of we can make bread we can make different types of bread yeah do we can sell bread to another so we put it in a bag to so this dude going we can cut it make sandwiches of it instantly yeah so it's it's the evolution of an idea fully formed i feel like because i don't know that there's for the life of you right now, let me ask you this. Yeah. What comes after sliced bread for bread? Uh, good question. You know, there's no convenience for sliced bread. Like, that's as convenient as that shit gets. I mean, yeah, it's incredibly convenient. Like, yes, robots can come deliver it to your door. We can transport it. We can make replicators. Yeah. But the bread itself is, is, is not going to change right. from sliced bread. That's to not, Yeah. So, I, I, I feel like that's also why. Plus... Think about how much bread you're not losing to raggedy cut. Also true. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes when my friends are super, you know, laid out, they're a little bit tipsy, they're like, <laughs> I need a sandwich. Their bread is murdered the next day, right? You're right. You know how much bread is in that bag left over from just like them cutting it so poorly with like whatever knife they thought was the bag? No, I wonder how much. A lot. I mean, like, yeah. it's like a handful of crumbs, bro. Like this, it spurred changes though. That, right. like, that, that's what I'm saying. And some are indirect. I mean, think about this. You can eat just a single slice of bread now. 
Yeah. You, you don't have to like refix the bread because you sliced a piece of it off and it's messed up now and you don't want it to get all crusty and dead. That's a good point. Uh, Wonder Bread, which I keep referencing because I think it is one of the superior sandwich slices. I like Wonder Bread. Yeah. Came in 1930. So they did follow up. Um, they were one of the first big names to jump in after Otto did his thing. And they, they still run pretty big game in the, the bread industry. Um, now, despite the whole it'll go stale, no one wants slices, what if you want it thicker argument. Uh, Otto released this again, we said, in 1928. By 1933, bakeries were producing more sliced bread than unsliced bread. Wow. Yeah. So do they still make, like, bread? Well, do, well I guess they do. Yeah, it's you can bread. buy the loaves. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that that also showcases the regular thing for, like you just said, it's just bread. We don't really have a, a word for bread that's not sliced. Like, when you say bread. Yeah, bread. In your mind, though, I think of unsliced, or I think of sliced bread. It's sliced bread. Yeah, it's we don't really, bread. we don't have an adjective other than unsliced to describe nope. it. When we say whole bread, that we're thinking whole wheat. Like the world has changed so much in ninety years. That when think about this, when your great, or maybe your great great grandparents, I don't know how old some people are, were around. For me, it would have even been a grandparent. Like when they were around, when you said bread to them, they're thinking of something completely different than you. You have a good point, yeah. Like, how weird is that to think that something so fundamental as bread, like, that's a word that you should know how to say, like, any time period in history. Yeah. And you say bread, and you're like, we're not even thinking of the same, the same bread. thing. Yeah. yeah. Even if I said whole wheat bread, they'd be like, all right. <laughs> Still not sliced. <laughs> right. You have to throw in an adjective. I mean, exactly. Whereas now, you pretty much everyone that's alive, if you say bread, they're like, oh yeah, I got some bread. They'll bring you some slices. No one is going to bring you a loaf. I mean, some people might ask if you want like French bread or something, but no yeah, one. different though. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. We have an adjective for it. So the note is not even <laughs> not sliced bread. So uh, one thing I wanted to point out right now is that uh, from my knowledge, from what I understand, this was also when pop-up. Uh, pop-up toasters. Were right, there. like I was saying, yeah, the yeah. toasters come because they have the uniform slices. Right, you're able to put the toast in there and pop-up, bang. Pop-up toaster. Exactly. Wonderful invention because, I agree. I mean, I think we've all put other items of food in there, like Pop-Tarts and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, Graham's toasters, whatever you got. Anything that's not just bread. So, think about that. The size of those objects is also determined by what Otto decided should be a slice of bread. That's kind of because they have to fit into the toaster slot, and the toaster slot is built based on, on the slot on the slice of bread. Yeah, boom. It's a damn Think about point. that. So, like, that's the, that's what I'm saying by like it changed so much. Is oh, your pop tarts—they're a wonderful invention, convenience invention, great mm-hmm. food. Let's say I don't personally think so, but I like some of them. Yeah, their their size, like their size, their shape, the way they cook is all determined because Otto Rottweiler said this is how 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 sliced bread should be made. I, right, and I, don't, I don't disagree with the man for coming out with the idea. It's actually been revolutionary. Right, no, 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 it, it is. But more so than you would think, just slicing something before you buy it would be. Yeah, no joke. Um, you know, there was a time period, actually, when the government had bakeries stop selling sliced bread. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, gonna to make sense. Well, World War II. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And the steel and the metal used in the bread slicers could be used yeah you know for war effort so i mean it makes sense 
Because you think in your head, why slice bread when you can slice Nazis? <laughs> that makes legit sense, right? Wow, uh, that was really bad. That, yeah. that You know why? No, why? Because that only lasted three months. That's why it's <laughs> bullshit. That's yeah. why it's bullshit. It lasted three months um, because Americans on the front lines in the Pacific and stuff are like, how the fuck are we supposed to fight the Huns without PB&Js? Oh. Huh? Oh. How do you expect me to defend democracy without a BLT? Oh, no. That's not what they really said, but I guarantee you, people that's, that's weren't bad. happy. That's bad. Hey, war is hell. Mm, true story. There was a letter I found on Wikipedia that came from the New York Times. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll read this, and then we can start to close out a little bit here. The letter said, I should like to let you know how important sliced bread is to the morale and the sameness of a household. My husband and four children are all in a rush during and after breakfast. Without ready sliced bread... I must do the slicing for the toast, two pieces for each, that's ten. Then their lunches, I cut by hand at least twenty slices for two sandwiches apiece. Afterward, I make my own toast. Twenty slices of bread that has to be cut in a hurry. Oh, wow. So imagine that. You're getting up and they're like, gotta make breakfast, gotta make lunch, gotta make myself something. you just, like, going to town on their bread. Yeah. Seeing right for some, like, um, kitchen rage. We're missing fingers. Yeah. So... That's it. Um, this one actually has a fair amount of sources. When we get done, we'll do it. Um, I think there's, there is one thing I found during this oh, yeah, that I that? really liked um, that I think we should use in the show. So I'm going to give credit to the guy who said it. His name is Jim McCarty. Okay. And he's the editor of The Rural Missouri. And he said, sometimes history hinges on the smallest events. Yeah. Well, I do remember reading that. So that is... Uh, that is my final thought on this. Hmm. Is think about sliced bread and think about the toaster and think about all those things like that. How much of your life do you really realize is changed by one small thing? I mean, the seriously, the thickness of the bread slice determines the size of the toaster, determines the, the toaster mm-hmm. strudel, determines yeah. the size of the box on the shelf, determines what can fit next to it, which determines hmm. something else. I mean, it's so crazy that that's how things ripple out. I agree. But even a little thing like sliced bread can do it. Now, sliced bread is important, though. I mean, I, I agree it is important. Well, there's one. Th- I mean, there's a reason we say the greatest thing. I mean, it took yeah. it took the country by storm. It saved a small bakery and made Otto Rottweiler not a household name, but it got him in the Smithsonian. Well, he he is interesting enough. He means, he's the one who's credited with coining the phrase or coining the challenge to other inventors um, to say create the best the next best thing since sliced bread. See, like that's a good that marketing. It's a real good marketing play. I feel like he, he was definitely a businessman. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's no doubt in that because he, he makes the right connections. He gets it out there. And then right. he, he markets it. And when they have these arguments about why it's bad, like it'll go stale or yeah. why do I need to save this time? He's always ready with something. And he I has agree. lots of these quips, too, if you'll read about the guy. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't be more impressed with the history of sliced bread, I don't think. Yeah. Because it's something so simple that I figured that, like, one day a guy was just like, you know what? I, I should stop slicing bread and just have a machine that does And then you just build a machine with blades. Like, it right. seems so... Like, basic. Yeah, like, it would yeah. just be a guillotine that goes up and down. And then yeah. it just gets all in a bang and fall. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure I can make, like, a primitive bread slicer huh. this afternoon. But at the same time, not a mass industrial one like he came up with. Wait, are you did. making bread? No, I'm not making bread. Oh, why would I make bread? Because uh, it's the episode. 
Oh, I should I should have made I should have had the episode yesterday. I didn't make bread. I made I made those rolls. Gotcha. Um, Very tasty. So I don't know what else we can say about it other than the sliced bread. Uh, if it. you have more interest in the topic of sliced bread or sliced bread itself, you can pay a visit to your local grocery store or library and find uh, content on either one. Absolutely. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, until next time, Shalom's falling asleep, and I'm dead. <laughs>